Tick-tock, tick-tock when it comes to your users and life on Windows 10. First different version of Windows 10 I've already gone into support. Next version of Windows that goes into support is uh, Windows 10 21 H2, which will go into support in June of 2024. And then uh, the last version of Windows 10, which is Windows 10 22 H2, goes into support on October 14th, 2025. What the move to Windows 11 will do for you and your users, that is the focus of this episode of the Connection Tech Experience Podcast. Hey folks, James Hillier joined by Rob McGilvery. He is America's specialist for Windows 11 at Microsoft. Also Dan Ortiz on board, Director at the Center of Excellence Workspace Transformation Solutions at Connection. Lots to get to upgrade or refresh, new features, and how Windows 11 can help power your company's artificial intelligence adoption and growth. Rob, I want to start with some uh, adoption numbers that you're seeing now. Who's making the move to Windows 11? Yeah, I think the last statistic I saw was around 90% of Fortune 500 companies are starting to implement. Um, So it is very familiar from an IT perspective, and we are seeing customers more aggressively adopt uh, Windows 11 into their environments. Uh, and we're excited about you know the, the next couple of years as we work with customers to really help them on their migration journey. And Dan, let me hear from you for a quick second up front here in terms of your engagements from the connection side of it and the companies that you talk to on a regular. They're talking about their business transformation. They're looking at upgrade to Windows 11. Is that conversation front and center? Does it feel uh, that a lot of people are engaging in that and making those plans over the next coming months? Yeah, you know, the conversations that we've been having, definitely customers are interested in taking that next step. A lot of statistics out there are already emerging around the capabilities around generative AI, really, really driving that push to upgrade hardware to to uh, to take advantage of Windows 11. Over 80 percent of enterprises um, are going to have to update those applications from ISVs on a routine basis. So um, Windows 11 is going to be the platform for those modern applications. And we are hearing from our customers that they are definitely looking at uh, refreshing their devices to take full advantage of those capabilities moving forward. And that's what we're going to spend a good deal of time on, uh, folks, especially from a, a kind of IT perspective. We want a majority of the conversation for all of you to focus on what impact Windows 11 is going to have on the IT infrastructure and uh, and you all that are listening. That being said, I do want to take a couple minutes up front here just to talk about the good old-fashioned average Windows 11 user, Rob. What are some of the features that all of us, as we do get upgraded and move forward, what are some of those things? And this is really also for, I know that the the IT folks feel these questions, right? Someone uh, on the sales team, someone in marketing, uh, executives say, oh, why do we have to upgrade? What what am I going to get? That that was my disgruntled, you know, uh, CEO voice. Uh, So what what are the end users going to get? What are we going to see as end users that's different within Windows 11? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff uh, and not to scare anybody, but I think, you know, a lot of innovation we're bringing just from an end user perspective is great. And I'm actually just going to highlight some of the things I love about Windows 11, if that's okay. Uh, First is uh, seamless redocking. So, you know, in my workstation here in my home office, I've got a laptop and two external monitors. Uh, At times, I like to go work from other areas in the house so I don't kind of get claustrophobic. And when I undock my laptop and come back and redock my laptop, it actually remembers all of my next locations. So it instantly gets me reproductive. 
And uh, one other thing too, that um, a new feature we just launched was uh, with the SNP tool. Now we're bringing AI into the SNP tool where you can actually take a screenshot of something and actually extract the text and copy and paste the text out and put it right into a Word document or into a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, and so those are some of my favorite new features. There's tons of new features outside of the taskbar moving from the left to the center, but you can, don't worry, you can move it back to the left if you want. Uh, you just have a great new innovative, quicker, faster, uh, cleaner looking, modern looking operating system. And we actually are seeing, you know, 10 plus points in the net promoter score uh, of end users, you know, being more satisfied with Windows 11 versus Windows 10. And that leads me then to let's look at it before we really, again, dive into a little more on the IT conversation side of it. What about the lines of business and the executives out there? This is an investment, right? Teams are going to have to go through this process. And as we'll get into a bit deeper, it's not just an upgrade process. We are going to be talking about refreshing machines because if you've got an older device, Windows 11 is not going to give you everything that you need if it's an older device. You need the modern device. We'll talk about that in a moment. But what are some some of the things that lines of business and executives can look forward to once their employees have moved to Windows 11. You even said right there that net promoter score. If people are engaged with what they're working on. Just logic tells me they might be a little more productive. They're not going to go around the back corner to try and do some other things with their machines. They can do it right from what is authorized by the enterprise. What, what say you? I'll give a good example. I really believe in kind of giving you know, real life examples here. So you know, we have a great uh, partnership with Intel, for example. And, you know, Intel, when they launched their 12th generation chipset, they brought out a new uh, architecture as a hybrid architecture. where They have these performance and efficiency cores. Uh, we've actually made investments in the Windows 11 platform uh, to take advantage of those new cores. We did not make that investment in Windows 10. Uh, so we made investments with the Windows scheduler to take advantage of that Intel thread director. And we've actually talked to both uh, IT and end users who have seen noticeable performance improvements when moving to Windows 11. Uh, on a new modern PC because they're able to take advantage of that new silicon. And if you think about, you know, from an executive perspective, an ROI, if I'm going out and I'm buying and refreshing into new hardware, I want to get the most out of that hardware from a performance perspective. And you're able to do that with Windows 11. As we continue to innovate, we think about, you know, things that we're bringing in here to really just help that end user be more productive. And I know we'll probably talk a little bit about AI here in a minute, but, uh, you know, the investments we're truly bringing into the platform are really around helping end users get more done. And that really happens, you know, where they're spending more time than ever, which is in front of the PC today. Dan, conversations with, again, the connection customer base out there. Um, The PC refresh, laptop refresh cycle has been kind of wacky the last 10 years, uh, but especially in the last, you know, four or five, because some people purchased right before COVID, but then they had to buy new things during COVID because they had to equip people to work at home and, and people have been trying to stretch things longer than it's, it's just been a little bit of a, a mess out there. What do you see? Do you see a pattern across the, the board dam that folks are understanding that uh, to take the fullest advantage of Windows 11, the first thing they really need to do is look at their hardware and see if they have the capability of the modern device. And if they don't, they're looking at, hey, we do need to do a full refresh for so many aspects of our business. Yeah, I think the key is, is that, you know, we've really evolved over time, especially over the past 20 years from a PC uh, perspective, and that the refresh cycles, you know, we used to see customers try and stretch those six to nine years. Realistically, that's not that's not relevant any longer to take advantage of the modern architecture that's that's put into these new devices to take advantage of things like passwordless 
uh, interactions with the devices. You're not going to be able to do that if you're working on older hardware. So realistically, if you look at it, you need to set the table properly. You need to be able to set the table properly, not only to get the best value out of that device itself, and Microsoft's done a ton as far as Windows 11 is concerned. I use the operating system myself. I have for the last few months. It's fantastic. Um, but you know, the, the next step there is really to start digging into how to use that device to take advantage of things like, you know, quite honestly, the paradigm shift that we're in right now, AI. So investing in a modern device and going down that path of establishing the journey and taking advantage of some of the great AI offerings that Microsoft and others have come out with is going to end up returning based on what we've seen. And there's studies out there specifically by IEC that for every $1 invested in AI itself, we'll return $3.50. That's incredible. Another one that we've seen in that same study is that you can get over one hour of productivity gains just by going down this path. So when we look at you know, the work trend index that Microsoft has facilitated, looking at uh, the amount of digital debt that we're all saddled with on a daily basis, what if you could get an hour to an hour and a half back in your day? What would you do with it? So thinking about things in, in that, in those terms, is really going to drive customers to take advantage, I, I believe, and in the innovation, both at the hardware level, but also as far as all the online services that are uh, cropping up now. And obviously, Microsoft Copilot is, is probably one of the biggest things that we've seen uh, over the past 20 years. And we'll dive a bit deeper into there. Rob, I do want to ask about uh, a, a refresh versus an upgrade. There are some people that have gone out there and they purchase new hardware, let's say within the last 18 months or so. So a much more modern device uh, probably has uh, the speed within the chips and the memory. It might have the security features, the fingerprint readers, the things like that. Um, are those machines, Are there? Is that a path for folks that have purchased within the last 18 months or so to upgrade if they have machines that came with 10? Uh, is that upgrade path there? And if so, is that better than the upgrade paths that some people might have experienced, might be shivering with going back to the XP days and, and things like that? Yeah, this isn't, this, this isn't 7 to 10, so we'll just be very clear there. Uh, you know, we, we've spent a lot of time with our engineering team really trying to improve that end user experience on really updating and upgrading a device that's eligible to run the operating system. You know, we did raise the base hardware requirements to run Windows 11. You know, so there are machines and customers environments that, you know, may not have the base hardware requirements to run the operating system. You know, we did that from a security perspective. We want to make sure that we have the most secure uh, version of Windows ever uh, to, to run Windows 11. But yeah, you know, we, we've really made and, and made a lot of investments around making this a very seamless experience. You know, I've talked with customers who have upgraded hundreds of thousands of devices globally uh, with the tools they have in their environment today, uh, doing that feature update and in-place upgrade to those eligible pieces of hardware. You know, download that update in the background. And uh, we mentioned app compatibility. I mean, app compatibility always continues to be top of mind for most customers. Hey, you know, I have an application that's critical to my line of business or I have a third-party ISV that, that I get an application from, and I need to make sure that I can have support if I do upgrade uh, to Windows 11. And so right currently, we have a 99.7% app compatibility rate between Windows 10 and 11. And a lot of that is because it is, it is built on the Windows 10 platform. Uh, if you want to get really technical, 
from an IT perspective, it's still 10.0 versioning. Uh, so we're still following the same versioning of the, of the Windows ecosystem. Uh, we do have services available too to help support with app compatibility, both from a customer's environment, uh, but also you know with with third-party ISVs to make sure that they're feeling comfortable and confident that when our end users migrate to Windows 11, uh, that they can support those applications in the platform. And Dan, what do we do? What's the connection team do to help a customer out there identify maybe what divisions, right? Maybe they did a refresh recently just for their marketing team. So maybe marketing there will be the upgrade path, but there will be others that need to do a full-on hardware refresh. What services are available? What do you do to help kind of guide customers in the right place? Yeah, so it really starts, um, you know, with the account manager and, you know, working closely with that relationship because we will help our customers essentially establish that journey, which quite honestly is murky at this point for many customers as far as, you know, how do we establish our personas within the company? Who are, who are we going to target for those upgrades? Whether it's, uh, you know, a subset of the organization from a device perspective. Or maybe we're talking about online services that are needed specifically for knowledge workers versus frontline workers. So it, it really comes down to working closely with our team to provide you that thought leadership and consultation from the point of really understanding what you want to achieve, what's your readiness as far as that upgrade is concerned or those new devices are concerned or that next service that you want to take advantage of and help you in as far as not only the consultative uh, perspective, but help you from an immersion uh, perspective with workshops through to building and designing out uh, new deployments and implementations, taking into consideration, if we just talk about specifically the, the Windows 11 device, if we have a customer that's, that's going down a device refresh, we have a technology integration and distribution center that can help customers get those devices sent out um, you know, where they need to go rapidly and aligning to if you have autopilot put in place, for an example, to have that one um, that that one touch provisioning as far as the device is concerned when it's sent out to streamline that productivity uh, to really get to work as soon as possible, as opposed to what we've dealt with historically and that, you know, you could. You could order a new device and it may take a few weeks to get that thing to the point where users can actually be productive in their jobs. The modernized deployment that we can help facilitate from a device perspective through our technology integration and distribution center is extremely agile and and customized based on your needs. Now, as far as the overall uh, journey is in utilizing online services and, and making that transformation within your company, to get the benefits out of AI or the Microsoft 365 stack, public cloud, what have you, we have the technical expertise to be able to make that uh, essentially calm the confusion behind uh, you know that journey and really help establish that and help you realize those those outcomes you're trying to drive towards. Let's take a couple minutes and dive into uh, what has been teased a couple times and we've talked about up front and uh, and we run a hammer down at now the AI side of things. Uh, I was reading uh, just a couple quick little bits out there recently and the investment that uh, is being made in AI just over the next 18 months, the predicted investment there is huge. Uh, the idea of generative AI uh, you know, executives and the C-suite coming in saying, get this in here. 
make sure this works, we need to be here, is what the charge is. And that lands on the IT teams out there. So what is it about machines, Rob, running on Windows 11 that are going to help, you know, really put more of that plan and idea in place? Because there's the charge. Hey, AI, go shiny object, do it, right? That's what the CEOs say. And then the IT team has to figure out, well, hold on a second. We got to look at our data. We got to look at the networks. We got to look at store. We got to look at all these other things. How does the Windows 11 operating system help be a part of that planning so that this AI journey that people are going to be on in the next several months, years is not for naught, but is actually going to yield the gains they're looking for? Yeah, and you talk about yielding the gain. So it's interesting. Uh, Harvard actually just released a study back in September around some of the early findings around uh, generative AI. And I've got uh, some of those stats here, which I find very interesting, right? Uh, they saw a 12.2% increase in task completion rates leveraging you know, generative AI, a 25.1% decrease in time spent completing some of those tasks, a 12.5% increase in number of subtasks completed. And then the last one I find really interesting is a 40% increase in the quality of those responses and subtasks. And so we know that generative AI can have a significant impact on end user productivity. What we also know is that these generative AI platforms and these AI chats on the web, you know, they come with some data and privacy concerns. You know, it, 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 you know, what happens if an end user visits one of these chats and puts in, you know, confidential company information that could potentially be leaked. And so we know that, yes, C-level is pushing, hey, let's get this generative AI in here. They're starting to see, you know, the impact that this can have on end user productivity and creativity. But from an IT perspective, you know, they, they, you might be a little scared, you know, what's going to happen if I bring this into my environment. And so that's really where Windows and a modern PC comes into play is, hey, look, your AI journey starts where you get work done on a daily basis. And so we're bringing Copilot into Windows. It's your UX directly on the desktop. And with Entra ID, so if you log in with your Azure Active Directory credentials, which we've now rebranded to Entra ID, uh, you get commercial data protection uh, with that generative AI UX on the desktop. And so this is really that foundational element. You know, when we talk to customers, you know, there is a lot of buzz around, hey, Microsoft 365 Copilot and all these other platforms. We're telling customers, hey, look, your journey starts today on a new modern PC running Windows 11 with the Microsoft Copilot UX with commercial data protection, leveraging that large language model. You know, individuals might be uh, familiar with, you know, Bing Chat Enterprise, which we've now, um, you know, just rebranded, you know, to Copilot. And so, you know, bringing that large language model directly into the UX at the device and bringing it with that commercial data protection with you know, Azure Active Directory is, is really you know, step one uh, in that journey. So we can start accomplishing and getting these benefits and end users can start to learn uh, and develop those skills on how to interact with AI you know, at the client level. Can I clarify back to your example of someone potentially putting company sensitive information into uh, a generative AI model out there? Are the protections there now almost like we have in Outlook where we can say, hey, if there's a string of, uh, what is it, eight numbers, nine numbers for a social security number. Uh, hey, no, no, let's double check that. Let's not send that out. Is it that level of protection at this uh, stage now or is that to, a, a to grow towards? No. So think about this. So when you when you enable it with commercial data protection, you're going to get a little notice that says, hey, look, your company data is protected. And, and, and your personal data is protected. And so what I mean by that is that, you know, any data that you're putting into this large language model is not used to train the model. Knowing that Microsoft can see your data, your data is your data. 
Okay, and with that commercial data protection, that is that layer of protection that, that it's going to give customers. If you go out and just use any of these large language models on the web, uh, you know, your data could be used to train those models. Uh, and that is the biggest concern for customers is, hey, when that information is inputted, is it then used and could potentially, you know, um, be used by competition to, uh, you know, get access to confidentiality stuff or proprietary information. And so with that commercial data protection, it, it gives customers that confidence uh, and it is built on Microsoft's, you know, responsible AI principles. Again, that, you know, your data is your data not used to train the models and no one at Microsoft can see your data. Okay. And, and I'm glad I asked and that's a great clarification as to what that means. Dan, is that one of the concerns and what are some of the other concerns that you hear from the teams that you engage with where they're like, yeah, we're being told go after the shiny new object and look, we get it. They see the benefit, but they are worried. They don't want to implement something that ultimately could hurt their company. What are the concerns that IT folks are saying to you about this? Yeah, I think that, you know, from what I'm hearing, first off, you know, at the Windows 11 device, uh, you know, what Rob just mentioned is is really important and that Microsoft doesn't store that data and they do not use that data to essentially teach their large language models um, uh, to use that data to improve their, their results. So that's that's really important. So, again, if you if you think about that, you know, the, the user that's using the Windows 11 device, one of the other things that we need to take into consideration is, is being able to utilize AI and build the skills to be able to get that benefit. That's one of the things that Windows 11 will do just at that device level, which is fantastic. And you get some great generative AI capabilities directly out of the Windows 11 device. Now, if you want to start taking advantage of things like Microsoft 365 Copilot, and there are a lot of other Copilots out there too. And more, more will be coming out. Um, the pace of innovation right now, again, we're in a paradigm shift. So it's, it's staggering how quickly things are moving. Now, having said that, um, I would, I would absolutely recommend that customers take into consideration what they want to get out of AI as an outcome first and determine their overall readiness to take advantage of AI. And that's an area that connection can certainly help our customers. And the reason why I mention that is because I think that we're entering into a time where data is really going to be in the spotlight and how you protect your data through data loss prevention policies. That's something that we kind of just hit on. But even before we, we get that granular, we need to look at, you know, who has access to the data? Do we have users that are over permission? So you need to look at the overall identities and access and governance of that data. You need to determine you know, how to categorize and label your data in order to ensure that when you do connect the Microsoft services into your company's data, that you do have the appropriate guardrails and content filtering put in place so that you don't suffer a, um, uh, a hit to your brand, your, your reputation, if information gets out that shouldn't. Um, and these are these are areas that you really want to take into consideration as the next step as far as protecting your company's trade secrets, proprietary information, but yet enabling your users to be more productive than they are today by taking advantage of the generative AI capabilities and in the spotlight for Microsoft Copilot. And Rob, kind of the conversation we're having here is this part of the conversation that's helping some IT teams 
go back to the executives and secure the budget saying, well, hey, y'all want this AI stuff. I'm telling you, we can't get there. We can't find these productivity gains. We can't have this re-engagement with our end users if we don't have them on modern hardware. If they, We don't have them on the latest and greatest. So is this one of the ways that you've seen people go back and be able to find the budgets? Because look, we're still in that time frame of uncertainty in the economy. The business uh, out, outlooks are still murky at best in some sectors. So uh, what are you seeing there on, on IT teams being able to get budget for these refreshes to get these modern devices in with Windows 11? Yeah, great question. I think it's, it's, it's I'm going to actually expand on that a little bit outside of AI as well, right? Yes, I think AI and these learnings that we're seeing and the benefits that we're seeing, you know, the IDC study for every dollar invested, you're getting a 3.5x return. We know the generative AI can really help excel the completions and the quality of these tasks. So yeah, those are things that are very helpful for IT to go secure more budget. Uh, but beyond that, you know, we, we also are seeing IT looking at the other AI innovations on the Windows platform. You know, a more inclusive operating system where you've got narrator support, natural voice interaction with the OS, where you've got like inking anywhere. Um, and so, you know, we're starting to see, you know, IT say, hey, look, there's other benefits to the Windows 11 platform from a productivity and inclusivity perspective that also is going to help our end users get more done. And then lastly, you know, security. And I think, you know, we've, we've heard this for a couple of years now. You know, we have seen a 58% reduction in security instances on a Windows 11 PC versus Windows 10. I was just talking with a customer last week who said, hey, if I actually would have had a device on Windows 11, it just would have stopped the recent security breach that we just had because of the feature uh, and the innovation that's been brought into the platform. And so, you know, I really do think this just, you know, makes a bigger and better compelling case to really go out there and secure the budget to refresh into modern hardware because it is the most secure version of Windows ever, and you're getting better security out of the box, and also innovation from a security perspective at the OS level, and then you're getting those AI and, and, and productivity benefits layered on top of that. And so it really does help create that business case of, hey, we need to get more budget and we need to start moving quicker on, on getting our end users into a new modern PC running Windows 11. The idea that's coming to my mind as I was listening to you there, Rob, is is just the the pace of change and the speed of doing business. And, and here's what I'm going to bring up. And I'm going to tie in uh, Microsoft Teams here, right? We didn't have Teams years ago as such a central part to our work lives as it is today for so many. Um, teams is great. It uh, fosters faster collaboration. It has helped us collaborate when we haven't been in the four walls of the office and we've been separated. But you know what? People get a lot more Teams messages now than they used to in emails. And guess what? The emails haven't stopped either. Those are still coming. So there's all this just speed and there is so much stuff going on. And so uh, it, it seems to me also, and, and Dan, I'm going to turn to you, it seems that the speed of change, and this ties into kind of your transformational uh, focus and you help people on these journeys, that's part of the argument, too, to go back and say, look, I, yes, Mr. Executive, Mrs. Executive, I know we bought things three years ago, but we can't wait any longer with these. Things have changed so much so quickly that if we don't have these modern devices, our security risks are still great. The productivity won't be there. These machines can't handle the speed of all this communication that we're doing. That's not what they were built for four years ago. Machines today are built for this. They know that they are coming into a world where Teams is centered to the way that we work these days. Is that part of that argument that is resonating with executives, Dan, 
from the IT side to say, this is why we need to do whatever we can to find that budget. Because if we don't, having these older machines on older operating systems, that puts us at a, a business risk. Yeah, I think that you're, you're honing into something really important. You know, what does it cost if you don't make that move? Quite honestly, if you look at if you look at some of the things that you're locking into from a productivity stack perspective, I mean, think about this. You know, you have a co-pilot assistant that you can ask. I was out, I was out of the office for three days, um, and you know, I received hundreds of emails in the process. I missed a ton of meetings. Um, well, meetings are recorded and transcribed. Uh, the emails are there. Copilot has access to the information. And I can ask Copilot, you know, what what do I need to focus on um, as far as uh, these meetings are concerned or these emails, you know, help me line up my day so I can get back to productivity. Which project is on fire that I need to put the fire out because I've been gone and which one can I let slide? I'll get back to Rob later. He's the least of my problems. I really need to get to James because he screwed something up big time. Right. So, I mean, right there, I mean, when we talk about the productivity gains, I think that's one of the biggest drivers that are really um, having companies take a hard look at this because it's speed and agility in the marketplace and speed and agility in the marketplace. If you're moving faster and more intelligently than your competition, then chances are your competitive barriers are going to increase. Your intellectual property is going to increase your patents. And there's a lot of different things that can end up following suit. If you're taking advantage of the modern tools that are available for you to have the best actionable intelligence that you can, you know, that you can act upon with speed is, is really going to drive that change within the marketplace. And again, you know, one of the other things to take into consideration is that, you know, there's a whole new skill set too. So, um, you know, another thing that we saw as far as you know, stats are concerned is that. 52% of organizations lack the talent to implement um, AI in their organization. So again, you're going to want a trusted partner to work with to help you really take advantage of these, these great innovations that can really help you build the divide between yourself and, and the competition. And connection can be there to help usher you through that. Rob, we've got a diverse listening audience. I'm going to guess that there are many that are listening that kind of know what's going on. They know when their last refresh was. They know which division might be the the 10 to 11 upgrade. They know where they're going to be searching for budget to refresh and get some people on these modern machines. They probably even have their timeline in order. I don't want to talk to those folks. They got their stuff nailed right now. I want to talk to the individual that just got promoted. And all of a sudden, they're like, hmm, I don't really know what's going on in the environment. I know when 11 is out there. My or the, uh, organization I came from hadn't done anything yet. I'm not sure where this organization is. What's that individual's next step to start getting the house in order to be able to plan for and have a successful organizational move, regardless of route, over to Windows 11? Yeah, I would say, hey, look, it, it starts in partnering with connection and understanding you know, which devices in your environment are eligible to move to Windows 11 and which ones aren't, understanding the age of your fleet. You know, when, when, when you get those types of insights, that's really step number one. And then I think step number two is really what is your, what is your organization's AI roadmap? What does that journey look like? 
will you be ready if a, if a senior leader comes to you and says, hey, look, we, we need to start leveraging generative AI. Where are we at? What do we have in place to, to, to get there? Really make these tools available for, for our end users to start leveraging on a daily basis. So, you know, step one, again, whenever we talk with customers, step one is, hey, you need to understand your readiness. Uh, and readiness starts with hardware. Uh, then readiness starts with your operating system. Hey, like what, what operating system am I, am I running today? And then from there, start, it, it moves on to licensing. Okay, what, what type of licensing do, do I have in my environment? Am I setting myself up to be able to license end users into the Microsoft 365 Copilot uh, platform when we're ready? And so, you know, really it, it is, again, just focusing, partnering with Connection on understanding your readiness from the client all the way up to the cloud. And then making just making sure your environment's ready to start leveraging these, you know, these new features. Dan, is your center of excellence team ready for that phone call? Absolutely. You know, we've been working very closely with Microsoft before the announcements uh, were made. Most recently at Ignite to get our arms wrapped around what's coming down the pipe. We are in a good position to be able to help our customers really rationalize that journey that. Um, you know, into the AI, generative AI space. Again, it's an exciting time for us to be able to work with our customers and really help them solve some of the challenges that they're uh, strapped with on an everyday basis, really getting beyond that digital debt, uh, working to, you know, understand how to uh, protect uh, your data, classify it and label it, and, and, and help you take advantage of the true value that your company has built over time with all that uh, proprietary information that you can use and and really um, and really build some insights out of that uh, you know with speed that you haven't been able to access in the past. This is a brand new game, and yes, absolutely, connection is here to help you. Um, we want to help you better understand what that journey looks like and, and learn through the process together and ultimately help you reach those outcomes. Well, folks, your journey to Windows 11, it is somewhere on the continuum. And we want you to know that Connection and Microsoft, the teams there, are at the ready to help support your journey as needed. A couple of resources. Please visit connection.com forward slash Windows 11. Reach out to your account team, of course, to continue the conversation. And if you're looking for a contact at Connection, give us a ring, 800-800-0014. As always, please like, share, and subscribe to our Connection Tech Experience podcast to stay up to date on all the latest tech trends and news. Dan, Rob, appreciate your insights today. Folks, thanks for listening. We do look forward to talking to you all down the road.